This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. This is part two of The One Thing for Teams. In part one, we talked about what it looks like to bring the one thing into your organization. As we closed the episode, we were talking about how it all begins with you as an individual living the principles, regardless of whether you're an individual contributor or a leader inside the organization. This is because all leadership begins with self-leadership. Oftentimes people say, hey, I'd love to bring this to my company, but I'm not the CEO or I'm not the vice president. I'm not a senior level leader. The truth is, it actually doesn't matter. When we look at some of the organizations we've worked with, some of the largest ones started with individual contributors, being fans of the principles, becoming advocates, starting to live them, and strategically introducing the principles to one leader at a time. And then they reached out to us and it all snowballed from there. So understand that if this is something that matters to you, you can make a difference. And if you'd like to learn more about what it looks like to spread it in the organization, go to the onething.com slash training, scroll down to the corporate training section, and you can learn about our offerings there. In this episode, we pick up talking about how this works when you are a leader and you want to begin living the principles with your team. We're going to dive deep into the tools that we use and train organizations to use, also that you can live the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. With that, let's get into part two of the keynote presentation Jay Papazan and myself gave at the Keller Williams Family Reunion Convention on The One Thing for Teams. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. It's what's our one thing as a team. And within that, what's my one thing? How do we time block? How do I time block? How do we protect our time blocks? And how do I protect mine? You're just, it's the same questions. Identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. Then from the tool standpoint, It's now that you, as the person running the team, you will have a GPS because no one succeeds alone. And based on your big goal for the year, you have to have priorities and strategies and understand who is owning each of them. That goes to their 411s. 
And the other thing that starts to get woven in is a stand-up. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, like the weekly, the weekly rhythm around this, and um, you just interviewed Claire Bonnie on our team yep. on the podcast. It's a great one to listen to if you're wanting to know how the rhythm of this works. And she's our productivity coach within the team who holds these accountability sessions. So we have our GPS. Everybody knows what their part is. That goes on their 411. And each week, every member of our team has a 30-minute sit-down with their accountability partner. So the 411, when you're all by yourself, it's not as much fun. But when you're on a team, now you get to sit down and actually have a conversation. Right? How are you doing? How did you do last week? What would you do differently? We'll go through some of those questions and role model that for you. But then on all of our teams, we also have a stand-up. And I want to know at the beginning of the week, I want everyone to say what their one thing for the week is. One, at 8.30 on a Monday morning, I want to know that they know what their priorities are, and I'm not paying them to figure it out at 12 noon on Monday, right? When a huge percentage of the week is already gone. I want them showing up with clarity. And it's just one question. It's not a long list. What is your big priority for the week? And on Wendy's team, they use group text, and everyone has to announce it. And everybody knows what everybody's priorities are. As a leader, it's amazing. You can then check in on people that you think are overwhelmed. It'll be clear. You can check in with people who are not clear about their priorities because that'll be clear too. And you can bring assistance to people who are falling behind or training. It's a very simple act. It just takes a few minutes. What's your one thing? What's your one thing? And you go around the room and it's a public thing. Guess what happens when you announce what your one thing is in front of witnesses? It's accountability. You don't want to show up the next week having not done it. So it's a real simple act. It shouldn't take you, even with a big team, longer than about 20 or 30 minutes to hold that stand-up meeting. It's a declaration of priorities that's public. My kids have to do this in their school. They have to declare on a wall what their goals are for the week, and everybody gets to see if they did it or not. Oh, man, I wish I'd had that when I was a 14-year-old. There's, there's another surprising benefit when you declare what your one thing is. Kaylin, where are you? Stand up. Everybody, Kaylin Les. Woo! She um, runs the content for the one thing. She said something that has rung so true. She said the one thing is the ultimate language of respect. When you start the week with a quick stand up and you declare to your team what your one thing is, when you're coming to them and asking, hey, do you got a minute? In the back of my mind, whether it's conscious or unconscious, I'm asking, am I actually supporting him accomplishing his one thing or am I distracting him? And when that starts to happen, what do you end up building? Community. It's really amazing when you have the ability and permission from your teammates to say no. It's something that we all struggle with, but if you have a culture around this where it's okay for you to say, not now, can I help you later? This is not a good time. And it's not, nobody gets hard hurt feelings over it. There's no drama attached to it. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm doing my one thing right now. It really builds a healthy culture around that by knowing what those things are. How many of you have and, an administrative role? Okay, you ready for this? Repeat after me. My one thing is blank. I'm hearing you say you need help with blank. Which is more important? Did you get that script? My one thing is... I'm hearing you say you need help with, which is more important. You're asking whoever's trying to interrupt you to declare the priority. And guess what? The manager away. usually wants both of them done. 
but you're offering the opportunity to make sure that they're checking in. Well, I know that's a priority. This doesn't have to be done now. Nine times a 10, they just want to put it on your plate. Yeah. It doesn't mean they really want it done now. And by reminding them, you buy yourself time and a little bit less pressure. I will say this to all the managers in the room. The number one thing you have to protect your people from in terms of their time block is you. Because you're all feeling empowered and in charge and going to check on their one thing. And you, most of the time, you're just interrupting them. Or you got really excited about an idea and you just have to tell them right now. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of guilty laughter around that one. Top agents never have big ideas. We, we call it seagull management. We swoop in, we dump all over them, and we fly away. <laughs> I was doing a, uh, a training for Cox. It was for the senior leadership team. And I remember one of the directors stood up and said, this is, this is great, but it's not real. And I went, okay, tell me more. Let's go, baby. And he said, if I get an email from the CEO, I have to respond. Any of you ever thought, I got an email from my client or the other agent, I have to respond, right? He goes, what do I do? And I just looked at the group and said, what do you think? And the senior vice president of the organization stood up and said, listen, you get an email from the CEO, you get an email from me, yes, a response is required. But do you think I'm sitting at my desk the moment I press send and literally clicking send, receive, send, receive, send, receive, send, receive, waiting for your response? No. Most of the time, I'm just moving something off of my plate and onto yours. And I'm trusting you to be able to prioritize it and communicate with me when it will be done. You want me to tell you how to train your boss? No! Works, works all the way up. <laughs> works all the way up. It works with Gary Keller. And I try to give this advice to a lot of people. <laughs> Isn't good? Right? Gary Keller, he has a kind of a strong sense of urgency, don't you think? <laughs> right? I get an email from him at 8 o'clock. I tend to respond to that at 8 o'clock in the morning. And over... I got 16 years of working with him. Guess when he expects a response from me? I never made a presumption otherwise, because he's always told me, what are our values in this company? It's God, and then what? And then what? And he expects us to respect that too. But if you want to violate it, he's going to let you. So I've literally had this conversation with C-level executives. I know you're just starting to work. And if you get that request, I promise you, if he really wants the answer before 8 a.m. the next morning, you're going to start getting text messages from him. And you will get a phone call from him. He will make it very clear that there is an urgency to this. But if you make it your habit to please and make it that sense of, I'm here for you all the time. It's like kind of what we do with our clients sometimes, right? We're training them to be needy. And therefore, we're losing all of our time and control. So just set a few boundaries. Most people are not hitting refresh. They just want to know that you have it. You can set an autoresponder. A lot of top listing agents do it. Hey, all offers received after 6 p.m. will be considered after 8 a.m. the next day, period. Just because you don't have any clients, don't hassle me at the dinner table because you want to see that you're all, I'll tell you about it tomorrow morning. So you can set boundaries and expectations, and the world will generally understand that. You said early on, I remember, and it just shocked me. I refuse to train the world 
that I'm responsive to the channel of email. If I get a bunch of emails, I'm most likely going to walk over to someone's desk and say, do we want to talk about this? I would much rather get on the phone or get in person because that's going to eliminate about 15 emails. And I'm going to do it on my time. I mean, people kind of know me. I'm going to drop by, and if they don't have their headphones on, I'm not going to do the poop thing. (laughs) But I'm going to go, let's talk about it. Let's hash it out. And I don't want to have more emails. That does not make me feel important. All it does is suck my life soul out of me. You're such a good soul. I want, to, I want to get things done, and I want to communicate with my team. I enjoy that. But there's, there should be a rational limit to this. Yeah. And all I'll say is Slack and group text, they're just another channel. They're just another channel. And because you didn't get as much traffic on it, it's all novel, and you're now attending to that. Now you've got 15 buckets. You've got your DM on Facebook. You've got your DM on Twitter and Instagram. You've got your Slack channel. You've got your text channel. And you've got your email. And you've got the 15 voicemails that you're never going to listen to, much less respond, because you assume they're all robocalls. So just control that. Put a little barriers around there. Set expectations. And then the world will respect it. Seth Godin's one of the best marketers out there. He does a blog. He does Twitter. He does nothing else. If you want to find out about him, he has said, this is where I am, this is where you can find me, period. We all have that opportunity. Yep. It's a life by design, as Diane would say. Yep. All right. Okay. So this is at the team level. What does it look like if you're over a division? The same. What's our one thing? What's my one thing? How do we time block? How do I time block? How do we protect our time blocks? How do I protect mine? The tools just expand. You have a GPS for your division. You have 411s with your managers. You have stand-ups with your managers. And as an executive, you're probably doing an offsite, a goal-setting retreat, a reset retreat. And what does it look like if you're running the whole organization? The same. We get invited into those offsites. That's probably the most common place where the one thing gets introduced to a company. They've got their leadership team at some spa resort or some hotel in the downtown, and they're trying to get them focused back on their main thing. All right? It's not that complicated. This stuff has been around forever, but those are the moments of truth when you can focus your organization around your business plan, around your weekly 411, around the stand-up, and around the off-site when you're resetting the vision, right? a goal-setting retreat, whatever that looks like for you. Yep. I will say this on the how do you protect it. One of my Favorite local CEOs, the guy who's the chief investment officer for the entire University of Texas system. For them to break even, they have to make $5 million an hour just to break even. So they have a huge fund, and they have huge standards for that fund. And after reading the book, as the top level, this was really great, he just declared that between the hours of 9 and 12, we can't have meetings anymore. That was one of the ways that he said it. This is what I want you doing your one thing time. And as a leader, you can create these pockets where you're creating built-in respect for your people's priorities. I see our top team leaders do this. Hey, it's lead gen time for me and for you. So I'm not going to interrupt you, but if I'm in my office, I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. We're both building our businesses right now. Yep. So let's talk. Let's dive into the 411, okay? Because people start to fill it out. But in a team setting, what does that conversation look like? We've got about two more slides. We're going to have a good 15 minutes for Q&A. So be thinking of the question that you might want to ask 
Because if we can solve your specific problem, we want to. Yep. Just want to set that stage. So write down your question. We'll have Q&A here in a couple minutes. Yep. Okay, so this is the framework, folks. When you sit down with your, the person who reports to you, they bring their 411 to you. That is them saying, these are what I believe my priorities are. It's not you telling them what their priorities are. They're showing you, and it's your job to play coach. These are the questions. What were your priorities last week? Jay always pulls out my 411 from last week, and now he has a copy of mine this week, and we're looking it over. What were your priorities last week? How'd you do? How do you feel about that? Based on that, what will you do differently this week? Folks, I'm gonna give you a link that you can text and I will send you the slides. So you'll have all this. And I'm just gonna say this about last week's priorities. I should kind of know that. It's more important that he knew that. What I do as a manager, I physically have my notebook. Does everybody, do y'all have a journal? Does anybody here journal? Yeah, I keep my journal. My bookmark is my 411, my goals, and underneath that are the 411s of my team. And if I'm observing, I'm listening to a podcast that Gary's doing, uh, Jeff's doing, Jeff's doing, and I have a moment where I want to coach him or I have a question, I just yank out his 411 and I put it on there. And so when I look at his last week's 411, I'm just asking, are there any questions that I have, any feedback from last week that I'm walking into the meeting and that's a priority for me as well? Yeah, But I really don't want to look backwards so much except for performance. We want to be focused on how are we protecting our time going forward and what are we going to do? This is where the rubber meets the road. This is what it looks like to actually coach or interrogate a 411. And these are the, the, the mistakes that we see. Number one, we see people write their priorities as results. Right. Make $100,000. Take this number of listings. Set this many appointments. It's a result it, yet versus highlighting the activity that drives the result. Lead generate for 200 hours this year because you know that leads to X number of appointments, which leads to Y number of listings, which leads to Z number of contracts, which the lead domino. The one place where I'd say you would have a results-oriented goal would be your number one goal on your GPS. Hopefully it's a profit number, right? Or we're going to do this many units, right? That's an outcome. And everything under that will be how you're going to make that, how to accomplish that goal. Yep. And that top level goal, it's the activities under it that go to your 411. So I get that there is a place, like I want to have a million dollars in profit this year. You have to have that at the very top. Everything under it is an activity. Yep. Everything. Second is we see people treating their 411 like a to-do list. Yeah. If you got more than five things in your annual, monthly, or weekly section, I'm telling you, you're treating it like a to-do list versus a must-do list. The handful of true priorities that make everything else easier or unnecessary. Third, most people's priorities are not in order of priority. You know how you know? Let me show you. It's thinking about it. This is my 411. You know how you know? He asked the question, great, Jeff, if you could only do one thing this entire year, you literally only get to do one thing. Is that the one thing that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary? Yes, it is. Okay, great. Should you earn the right to do anything else? Is 50 weakling coaching question time blocks the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? Yes. You just ask him, if he had to delete everything else, is this where you're planting the flag? Is that it? 
They say yes, awesome. Otherwise, they then identify what it is and they reprioritize their priorities. So do you hear that? If you can only get one thing done this week towards your goals, what's that going to be? That's how you start the list. If you get that done and you still have time and energy left, what would be the next thing you would tackle and you move that list? It really is. It's rare to see a legit list go more than about five. And usually it's about three and they've tacked on an 80 percenter that doesn't matter and they're happy to move it off the list. Yeah. And the final thing is their planner doesn't match their priorities. We saw this in our community. We've trained probably 2,500 people that have gone through it where we have a membership community built all around the 411 and they would start doing it on a weekly basis, yet they don't follow their 411. They follow their calendar. calendar. They weren't taking the priorities and then time blocking them. That's why this last year we created the One Thing Planner because we needed a place to reflect our priorities first and then everything else. So let's... Be really clear about what are the next steps? How do we get clear? And then we're going to... Can I make a comment on the... I know you're transitioning so we can get to their questions. I'll just say this. If you only have a handful of priorities, you can find time to do them. You can find time to do those things. I think where we get trapped is we see that we have to go to our kids' art exhibit on Thursday in the middle of the day, and we have all these other things. The reason that we have a planner, like this is Gary, full on. I have a month at a glance planner. I don't have all of my meetings there. I only have those handful of 20 percenters. Yeah. And then I transfer those to my electronic calendar. I do a whole extra step because I know people are putting stuff on my Google calendar that I didn't ask for. And it looks like that time's blocked. I haven't even accepted it yet. I want real clarity about what my priorities are. And then I move them into the electronic world and start canceling other people's. We're doing a time blocking training tomorrow at five where we're going to dive in a lot deeper as to how a one thing planner flows with a digital calendar and that type of stuff. So next steps, we've got a lot. I've got so many podcasts on this in the One Thing podcast. We've got all these training videos. Our time is limited. And how many of you had no idea that we'd had a podcast called the One Thing Podcast? Cool, surprise, 175 episodes in. Yay, you got a lot to go through. And I'll tell you, everybody starts off at a certain level, right? Every week you're practicing a muscle. How do I break down my big goals into something I can actually live this week? Because we all aspire to be somebody else someday, right? A better version of ourselves would be a better way to put that. But it's really hard to know, like, based on who I want to become, how do I actually have to behave today? Mm -hmm. That's just a big gap. This whole thing is taking little baby steps to pull you back from that vision of who you want to be at the end of this year and five years or whatever, so you know how to behave for at least a couple of hours every day. And that, by the way, will be your highest dollar, you know, per hour work often, and the most impactful in terms of your mission in life. And it's just so comforting to have that clarity from this process. So comforting. And every week, I promise you, you'll get better. You'll get better and better and better. It's a skill that we should teach our kids. Mm -hmm. How do you break down big goals into actionable steps that we can actually live? Right? It's just baby steps. Those little dominoes that add up to so much more than we believe. All right. So if you've got questions, should we go ahead? and? Yeah. If you've got questions, come up to the mic. And while they're lining up, I'm going to ask you this question. Out of everything we've covered here today, if you only did one, what would your one thing be? And start there. All right, sir. Will you say your name before? Um, Mark Moskowitz from the Westlake Village office. So my coach and I have been working on 401s for myself, and now I'm working on them with my team. 
And the struggle I always have is my one thing is do my lead generating and my one thing of getting them to do their 411s. So what should be my 411? Or what should be my one thing? What do you think? <laughs> now I'm thinking, I, get, I honestly don't know. It's a real struggle back and forth. I think, I think ultimately the answer is within you, but I'll say this. Okay. Um, if you're following your one thing and you're lead generating, right? So you do about four hours of lead gen, you can probably get, find a listing in there, right? Right. Okay, if you have 10 people on your team doing four hours of lead gen, how many listings might that be? What's the more leveraged answer? Obviously, you're working on their four other ones. I think if you're playing the long game, it's getting your team on this. Because as they maximize their potential, right, not only do you benefit from that, but they'll have a better career. They'll want to stay with you longer. You'll have less trauma and turnover. Now, if you can't do that in such a way that you can actually pay the bills this month, you're going to have to have two one things, right? You're going to do all your 411s and, hey, honey, I'm going to be home late on Mondays because I did my 411s and I still have to lead generate until you feel confidence in that balance. Does that work? That's great. Great. Yeah. Um, that's brilliant, by the way. Um, I'm Tom smart. Scott from Orlando, Florida. And I actually teach this in our market center a little bit. You guys published something a few years ago called the Kick-Ass Guide to Goal Setting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm surprised you didn't mention it. It is really, really good. So Thank you. I just wanted to mention that to everybody. Just Google it, download it, and it'll help you walk It's in our it. free resources. It's called the Kick-Ass Guide to uh, Goal, Goal Setting. And it's got a lot of what we talked about in that framework in a downloadable format for you. If you go to the onething.com, that's with the number one in the URL, there's a button for free stuff. It's there. Yeah. Hi, Joey Wong from Walnut Creek office. Hey. In your productive system diagram, under the 411, you had a 20% planner and an 80% task. Can you explain that a little bit more? Are you like, sure. are you saying under the 411, you kind of... Yeah. So once I do my 411, I have real clarity on what my priorities are. Once I know what my priorities are for the week, this is what my planning time looks like. I'm opening up my one thing planner, and I am blocking the time for those first. And the reason I start here is because if I have my digital calendar, I see everything. It's a mess. And I have to hunt for time for the priorities versus starting with a blank slate, placing those boulders in the stream first and letting the water flow around. And once I know when I'm going to be focusing on those things throughout the week, I'm then opening up my digital calendar and realizing all the things I need to say no to. Because I'm going to say yes to the things that matter most first. And everything else has to interview to keep its spot. What's really cool is at the beginning of the year, if you know that, lead, let's just say lead gen happens to be your one thing, right? You can go ahead and block that time for the year. You can say, you know, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I lead generate from this hour to this hour, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do it from this. And that becomes a pattern. And yes, you might have to break that pattern if your child's sick or whatever, but then you make it up. But you can establish a rhythm to how your week looks. And that's what you follow. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every single week, especially when there's almost, for everyone here, there's going to be real repetition in your one thing. Your number one priority shouldn't change all the time. That's right. Good, good question. Brad. Hey, uh, Brad from Burbank, California. So I've been diving deep with my maps coach, really clear on the 411, meeting with my team regularly. My full-time admin, I have a buyer's agent. Where I struggle is... Uh, I am the one who lacks accountability often with my 411. Hmm. My buyer's agent is on it. How do I ask her, do I put up a front and sort of have a facade of like we're working it? Or if every week am I like, 
great, we're going to get back on the horse this next week. Like, I find I'm the one who needs to be accountable. So it's difficult with having honesty and being vulnerable, but then also having accountability. And then at some point, she's going to say, what the heck am I with this guy for? Can I ask you a bigger question? Sure. What's the one thing you're not doing that if you started doing would make your question irrelevant? Following my time-blocking schedule for my lead gen. And Okay, so here's this is a good example. Following your time-blocking schedule for your lead gen is an 18th domino. Okay. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make following and honoring your time blocks easier or unnecessary? What's your number one distraction? I mean, how much time you got? I would say it's... <laughs> Nine minutes. That's what we're going <laughs> no, Okay, okay. All right, so... Yeah, this uh, is good. Sometimes I don't feel like it, so I just don't do it. And then my maps coach is like, no, doctors don't No, if you look like at it. last year, okay. and I had, we had a, a you know, it's, we're playing Family Feud. Yeah. Right? Ring the bell. What's the number one reason he's not following his time block is? What's your gut say? Because I, I do a good business not doing the stuff I'm supposed to do. Like, that's the problem. So the pain of not following it is isn't big enough to make you follow it That's yet. it. Oh. So how could you increase the pain? I got an idea. Who loses their job besides you if you fail? Who's depending on you besides you? Right. My wife, my admin, who's a friend of mine. I mean, the team. Do you want to send me a thousand bucks every week you don't do it? I'll do that. So I've done that one, but it gives me like (laughs) terrible anxiety with the idea of like, you know, sending a check to the build a wall phone. New source of income, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. So uh, it it, it, It can be a positive reward, too. Okay. Fair enough. So I would just say like... Own it. Be yep. transparent about it. You're doing it right now. For all yep. you know, your buyer's assistant's in the room. So thank you. These are, these are my people. Like I got no, I'll got i be vulnerable. But Hi, I'm... my name is Jay Papasan. I struggle following my time block. Okay. 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 We all do. We all do. Okay. And it's not about perfection. So why don't you make your time block even smaller? Let's get it as small as possible. Okay. What if you just did 15 minutes of lead gen? Right. Could you do 15 minutes of lead gen for 66 straight days? Yes. You're absolutely sure that you could do 15 minutes of lead gen for 66 straight business days? Yes. Without a doubt? Yeah. You would send Jeff $1,000 if you didn't? Uh, sure. Okay. Let's make it 10. Well, 10,000? <laughs> so start there, right? That's your smallest domino. And when you are like, wow, I'm 100 days in, I've been doing my one call a day, but guess what? <laughs> Don't laugh. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm If there. you're doing one call a day, five days a week, that's better than no calls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it, so I'm saying to my, to my buyer's agent, in 15 minutes, my goal was to make two or three, t- five touches, 15 minutes, but yet she is meant to make these 100 contacts a week? Like, is, the, is it's, it? It's quick comparing. Okay. Think big, go small. Okay. Identify your one thing. Time block your one thing. Protect it and keep doing it until it becomes a habit. What Jay just modeled is you're setting this big vision of doing the 411 and honoring your time blocks. What he's saying is, can you make one phone call? Doesn't mean you have to stop at one, but that's the mark of success. Mm -hmm. It's more important that you build a sense of momentum. Perfection only gets in the way of what's possible. And it's overrated. Can I just say this? The reason that this individual works for you is you're probably succeeding for a lot of other good reasons too. Yeah. Right? So don't beat yourself up because this thing is that thing. I guarantee you they have their thing that you can help them with too. Okay. And the fact that you're being transparent about it might actually inspire other people to be more transparent about their struggles so you could help them too. 
Your buyer agent may be looking at you going, ah, he can do all this because he doesn't have my trouble. Go ahead and own it. Everybody has their thing. Start small, build momentum, and then build on that. Because maybe in 100 days, you'll do five more calls. And you'll go to 30 minutes. Build on that, but really set that small domino as a habit and then build on it. I promise you, you won't regret it. Thanks, Brad. Okay. That was good, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hold on, where's, where's, where's Brad? You want no to pressure. Your question Here, just Brad, has to generate a lot of applause. No problem. So my name is Deanna. I'm with Ben Kinney, New Mexico Expansion. Um, and we have been very consistent with our team with our 411s, and we do a 10-minute sit-down with each of our agents once a week. Okay. My challenge... Highly efficient. Uh, well, that's what I'm getting to. We're, we're part of expansion. We're growing. We have 12 agents right now, so that takes up the majority of our Tuesday morning. Mm. And um, we're, our goal is to triple our number of agents this year. Uh-huh. Um, and I can't do four and ones till 10 o'clock at night. So... When you hit a ceiling of achievement, you're missing a person. Yeah, I, I so do think that... should be doing that. You don't want to skip out on the activity that's going to help everyone be successful. So you've got this thing called span of control. And Gary doesn't ever, I don't think there's ever been a time that more than about five people have directly reported to him. He just makes sure that those people are exceptional. So there's a leadership opportunity on your team right now for you to start training your top people to start having those sessions with you. And say, for you to grow and open up your own expansion someday, do you, who aspires to leadership on our team? They'll raise their hands. And you're going to have to, they're not all going to be successful as you are. But you'll have to train them. And then that can be their opportunity. When Jeff and I, the first, he first joined us, I said, congratulations. We're going to go on stage together. And you're going to watch me do. And then the next year, I went on stage and watched him do. And then the next time, I just said, you got to go do it. I don't want anybody showing up because I'm the co-authors on stage. I want to see if you can do it. When he proved that he could do it on his own, right? It didn't happen overnight. It took 18 months to almost two years. And then I was like, okay, you got it. I trust you. You can deliver the message. You can deliver it to a huge room at a high value. Can I come back on stage? Because I like to do it too. <laughs> but that's leadership, right? It goes from I do it to we do it. Did they do it? What did you just do? So you, you're probably missing a leader on your team to start sharing that burden. Okay. How do you create that opportunity for them and train them? Okay. The best class you take is the one you teach. We just did a training in our community last week, and we basically said, this week's training is for you to go and teach somebody the 411. They right. heard me say it till it's blue in the face. Hold on. Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, really quickly, so we do 411 accountability meetings, but you gave me something new in that we focus on the activities because we were focusing on outcomes. There you go. And goals. So what's your suggestion about um, making sure that we are reviewing our goals and are we on track? Because that, for us, is a huge piece. And we all know that um, while we should know that 200 fold calls produce three appointments or whatever, that's not necessarily happening. We need to check up on that. So how and when is the best time to do the goal check-in if we're focusing on activities? I think um, if you've got an admin on your team to help out with this especially, start you build a little spreadsheet, hopefully in command. It's going to, a lot of it is going to start showing up for us. You need to have, here's our goal, here's what we accomplished, and here is the results. And you start tracking that over time. So do that during that four-on-one meeting, though, or do like a... You do it before you show up. 
It's built into my 411. If okay. I say I'm going to read 50 books that year, the formula that I have says that I've read six books and I'm one behind. Every week it does the math for me. It took me a little bit longer, right? Find whoever, there's someone on your team that loves to build spreadsheets. Yeah. They will do this for you. And then someone's job is going to be probably an admin person because they'd like to keep things neat to help you keep that up to date. Okay. I would say minimum of monthly because if you fall more than a month behind, yeah. People are going to be calling their spouses to say, you're not going to see me for a while. Yeah. Well, and that's why we were doing it during these weekly meetings. But if we're going to focus on activity... No, you show up for the meeting prepared to have okay. that conversation. And if someone showed up to a meeting with Gary without their 411 already ready, he'd say, I'll see you next week. Yeah. You just lost his time. Okay, thank yeah. you. That's their time, not your time. Hello, Lucas Hine from Rochester, New York. I'm actually the uh, director of lead generation on my team. And my question actually has to do with team lead generation. What's the one thing that I could do to inspire my team to lead generate consistently without blatantly just telling them that they have to? Great. Good question. What do you think the answer is? I'm, I'm glad you asked that because as I was waiting in line, I think I answered it for myself. I have to get permission from my team Rainmaker to hold my sales team accountable to their 411s. That sounds great. I'll just say this. As adults, I don't like being held accountable by anyone. I want to choose to be accountable to someone. And so I think that um, there's a great... The interview he just did with Claire was really terrific. I think that when they set their goals for this year, they had a reason. What is it going to do for their life? And if they fail, what happens in their life? So remind them of the rewards and the pain. And that's your job is to keep that front and center. You cannot motivate someone, you can motivate them. And that's about you keeping it front and center. The cost of failure is X. The reward of success is this. Are you still committed to it? Because a lot of people will write down a big goal and they're actually not committed to it. You can help them discover that or find their real commitment to it and keep that front and center. Yeah. That's what I think great coaches do. You're our one Thank thing. you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, part two of The One Thing for Teams. Over the past few years, identifying what it looks like to bring the one thing inside an organization has been my personal one thing. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think part of the reason for this is because so many of us know what it's like to work in an environment where we're just always in our inbox. We're always going from meeting to meeting. We always feel like we're getting distracted. And to begin to understand how we can shift a corporate culture so that each person has clarity on what their one thing is and that there suddenly is a common language where we can support one another and feel comfortable to say no. It's a huge privilege to see these types of results become the reality for so many of you. Understand that it all starts with you. All leadership begins with self-leadership. Regardless of where you are inside your organization, you have the capacity to make a difference. And it's going to start with you living the principles. If you are not yet using a 411, we hope that you will pause this episode. You will open up a browser. You will go to theonething.com. On the free stuff page, you can download a 411. This is the tool to get clarity on your priorities. And if you want a training video on how to use it, 
go to the training tab and you will see under the basics courses, there will be one around the 411. And if you want a more robust course, like we kind of went into more detail here on how to actually drive it through your teams, go under the foundational course section and check out the get results with your 411 training. Like we mentioned, Corporate training is something that we have really started to focus on. So if you're interested in bringing this to your organization, scroll down to the corporate training section. You can see our offerings and we would be happy to engage with you. We really appreciate you investing your time in this episode. If it's helped you, please, please share it with some people inside your company. Share it with the people that you think need to hear this lesson and tell them specifically why they need to listen to this. And if you're new to the show, make sure you click that subscribe button. All future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. It's a great way to make sure that you always have the one thing in your mind on a weekly basis. And if you have not yet done this, please leave us a rating and review. It makes sure that we reach more people and it's great feedback for us. We read every single one of them. Thank you so much, folks. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.